0: Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. I'm fairly certain this one's episode. 18, not 100% sure, but at the ATA show, the second day of the ATA show, and our feet are hurting, our backs are hurting, knees are hurting, and we're hungry, but I have conned Casey Shootman and Tom James to come in here and talk to me about some cell filming because I get that question ugh, a lot. Not the most asked question, but it is absolutely a question that I don't know a lot about. I've probably self filmed one or two times and hated my entire life while I was doing it. It's probably because I was either not doing it right or I was carrying entirely too much stuff with me, which is usually my problem—is carrying too much, or I don't—I don't like to simplify things. But um, I'm gonna let Casey and Tom introduce themselves. I've done a lot of work with Casey. I actually just met Tom today for the first time. Have watched a lot of what both of them do on the Management Advantage, and that is, Casey's one of Casey's jobs is to produce the web series, the Management Advantage, and he's also a trapper. He traps all over the all over the place, kills a bunch of coyotes. And I've done a lot of work with him in the past with that. But Casey, go ahead and introduce yourself and well, kind of what
1: you, you do. And you, you kind of just introduced me. Well, I, well <laughs> you can do it in your own words. Um, yeah, Casey Shootman. I am, like you said, the editor, videographer, producer. Um, For the management advantage, we've got a web show. Um, We basically started it four years ago before we were one of the first to flip from TV. We were on the Outdoor Channel for 11 or 12 years, and uh, we swapped from that straight to web because we kind of seen that shift going that way. So that's uh, my main job, and like I said, that takes up a lot of time.
0: You just kicked kick Tom's mic out. That's okay. okay. We're good. We're still Wait. rolling. Hey, I'm an amateur. Technical
1: difficulty. We're good. <laughs> but uh, I also own my own predator removal business where we travel around the country mm-hmm. um, about four to four to five months out of yeah. the year killing, and that's, killing and,
0: coyotes. And you and I kind of knew each other probably, I think, a little through social media before yep. that. But that yep. was the first time I really got to work with you was the, yep. with the Gamekeeper show two years ago and got to yep. run around in Alabama with the Trace Coyotes. Yep. And, you introduced me to grape salad, which yes. is one of my favorite things in the world. And now he hel- holds it over my head every time he's there. He's like, "I'm eating the grape salad without you, buddy." But uh,
1: we could do a whole podcast
2: on uh, grape salad. Yeah,
0: we could. But uh, yeah. But Tom, kind of, what's what's your background? Can tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, thank you, Tom James. Um, probably been with Casey and Chuck with the management advantage, and now Howard O'Neill for maybe ten years. I don't know. We uh, I. I met these guys a long time ago. if you don't know or didn't know already, I, I introduced the Ferminator Food Plot implement back in two thousand and three and did some advertising with uh with well, a couple seed companies and You don't you
1: know what my brother calls him? <laughs> What's that? My brother calls him the effinator. Yeah, that name has stuck <laughs> ever since with him. The fermentator, the effinator. That's whichever one.
0: That's 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 quality right there. That'll <laughs> stick with you, absolutely.
2: So yeah, the Ferminator food plot implement back in 2003 and really right after that became great friends with Chuck and Casey and started doing some stuff with those guys mm-hmm. and marketing on the show. And, and we just, we just did some spots, you know, and did some hunts together. And one thing led to another and our friendship developed to a point where when he decided to go digital, um, I, I, you know, kind of humbly looking back, they, those guys respected me enough of what I was doing on small properties in central Indiana to ask me to be part of the team. And, and, you know, just, it was, it was an honor for me because I I was doing it just because I loved it, but they were recognizing that I was having some success and manipulating habitat and food plots and timber work and all the other things that I was doing and enjoying some great hunts and growing some good deer for small properties. Yeah. And
1: that's, that's the number one thing that we do is land management stuff. So Tom fit perfectly into what we were doing. But Tom is also very good on camera.
0: Yeah, and that's something that, see, we, while doing this podcast, I try and kind of talk about the things that people want to learn about. But what you guys do is what I am trying to eagerly learn about, the land management thing, mm-hmm. land ownership, you know, getting the yeah. most out of a property. And that's, I mean, there's other podcasts that talk about that, and that is a a, a gamut of of can, there, but we could talk for a yeah, week, solid. And what I wanted to, what I have both of you here for today is both of you do a lot of self filming. Yeah. And to do self filming and to do it correctly and to do it in a way that doesn't look cheesy, cheap, yeah. or essentially just somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, like myself. I know what I'm doing, but yeah. self filming is a holy. It's, it's a new. It's in a completely new. Ball game because you're not only are you trying to kill in y'all's death case a mature animal but you're trying to capture it with some value with some production value because you're going to air it on a really well recognized platform that and you're going to have social you're going to pull content from that so I kind of want to go through that kind of
1: Well, I don't know if there's really a correct way to do it. Well, that's what I've done it wrong. But that's the beautiful part. That's the beautiful
0: part is there's never a correct way to do it. I think probably the first thing is Mm. what is, what is the gear that you like start with Casey? What's the gear that you're running? Like, so start with like camera, camera arm, Mm -hmm. you know, remotes, point of views, all that good stuff. So
1: basically I'll, I'll, I just start with, I carry three cameras, Mm -hmm. um, like main, I call it kill, the kill camera. It's what I'm trying to film the kill with. Is a Sony AX100. Um, it's nice. It's very packable. It's 4K, which is a huge advantage for solo filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll carry a you know a second angle, a third angle, whatever you want to call it. Um, Garmin Verb. You actually turn uh, turn I me call on. Them,
0: I call them kind of. I call them POV cams. It's yeah. Not your point of view type yeah.
1: deal. Um, that's just. A, it's a great camera. You introduced me to those. Um, you can still buy those first generation cheap on Amazon for $80 and or, or whatever they are and mm-hmm. I've had one for three years now and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still running on the same battery mm-hmm. and it'll run forever
0: now, I've talked about the verb several times because I've had so yeah. many horrible horrible yeah. run
1: ins with GoPros over the years yeah.
0: I just I can't trust anymore I have yeah. trust issues with the GoPro
1: exactly and then third camera I'll, I'll just carry my DSLR and I'm not real high up into the Money spending category yet. I mean, we we run on a pretty tight budget, but I run an 80D with a Sigma 17 to 50 lens on it. Um, so those and,
0: and what's and what's and why do you use that one? What do you take that one for?
1: That's basically I. So our show gets filmed. Ninety percent of our show gets filmed with that camera. Yeah. With a DSLR.
0: And you use that more as your interview and reaction camera, right? Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. main the main purpose of yeah. it in the tree with
1: you. Yeah. That one's going basically eye level, pointed right back at me. So if I were want to or need to say Mm -hmm. something to a camera it gets said to that camera Mm -hmm. mainly for the just the way it looks and you
0: told me today the reason that you you've been playing with the 5d mark IV and you you love that camera but it does you no good because it doesn't have that flip around screen because exactly if you can't see what that camera's seeing and be able to pull focus it's useless yeah especially for self-filming it takes
1: your creativity out of it Mm -hmm. or it it doesn't allow you to be as creative because you've got to be able to see the lens you got to be able to tell if it's in focus you got to be able to see what you're shooting mm-hmm. with a, a DSLR that has a flip out screen mm-hmm. you can put that camera basically at any angle Yeah.
0: and what what's the the tree mount and the tree arm that you're using to mount those cameras
1: um, my the kill camera I'm using either a fourth arrow camera arm or a muddy outfitter but mm-hmm. the small outfitter know, arm. just the light little because yeah. mm-hmm. that, that camera's light mm-hmm. and then you know the point of view I've actually got the old Ozonics mounts yeah. that have screw-in deals on the bottom, yeah. so that, like the Verb, I've got the tripod adapter, mm-hmm. um, and then I also use that for the DSLR too, because mm-hmm. it'll screw right into the bottom of the camera. Yeah. Kind of backwards, it's not real techy, but it I mean, works. It's all very my effective. P- all
0: my POV mounts are homemade. Yeah. I don't like any of the ones out there, and I make my own because yep. I can trust those, and I know they're gonna work. Exactly. What is, uh, Tom, are you running a similar setup
2: I am. And you know, you guys mentioned a moment ago uh, about practicality and organization, I think a lot of it for me is, if I can't comfortably carry my gear in, it's it's miserable, you know, and then you don't you don't enjoy doing it. And then soon after you're find yourself making up excuses to not take it. Um, But it's just like anything else you do in life. If you make it a habit, then you, then you feel weird going off without it. So I know a lot of guys say, well, I like to just to go hunt by myself one night and not carry any camera gear, not have to jack with it. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, tonight would be the night that the best deer of my life steps out.
0: <laughs> but not, but exactly. not only the best deer of your life, something could happen that you could have, it doesn't even have to be killing a deer. Oh yeah, It we, could be something that you witness out in the woods that you can never tell that story as well as you could if you had a video camera.
2: We yeah. have a couple examples of that. Uh, specifically Casey and I he's shot some incredible stuff that most people would never witness and I was fortunate enough to to have a buck on our property a long history with if you guys ever watched the show it was the deer we called White Sox but I had a 20-minute a, a encounter with this deer doing the most extreme vocalizations that yeah. any of us had ever yeah. heard and to this day that that video um, well we just saw the last week it's it's t- seen over a million views because it, of it you. keeps popping up, people mm-hmm. share it, and yeah.
1: it just keeps coming back, and we'll just find it but, scrolling through Facebook. And the but thing that, is,
0: if you wouldn't have had that camera, you just say, "Man, yeah. I heard some awesome calling, and oh, yeah. you would wouldn't believe it." Oh yeah, and and he was doing it for twenty minutes. And and, yeah, dude, I've heard that story before. And, but, and the bad thing
1: is, is, it's so pronounced, and the 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 sounds that that deer was making. That that how many comments do we get on that video that where people space. are saying, "Oh, the hunter's doing that," or "That's dubbed yeah. in." It's it's legit. You
2: need to look it up.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm fairly certain I've seen that. Yeah. It, so that, that's a perfect example of, I I've had enough of those encounters now that I know mm-hmm. if I I just I can't leave my truck without it yeah. now. Even when I'm by myself, when I'm filming my daughters, I take it no matter what. So I know we're jumping around a lot, but back to the issue of organization, um, a backpack that I can comfortably put my my main camera in the main compartment with good padding around it, the DSLR DSLR on top of that. In the same main compartment, the point of view. I'm using the verb now because Casey turned me on to those a couple of years ago. In one of the side pouches, and uh, and the arm strapped to the back where the where your gun or bow would strap. You know, mm-hmm. so okay. that's a complete nice package. When I get to my truck, that all goes down in the tub all by itself. I'll pop the batteries out and take them into you know my camp to charge at night. But everything stays there. So in the morning when you're hurrying and you're, it's all right there. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, but i got to be honest with you, there's been a lot of times that I've climbed down and realized that a, 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 an arm or something, not, not the main arm, but I've left something in the tree, yeah. so oh, yeah. uh, we all make those kinds of mistakes.
0: And that's, and I've talked about that. I did a whole podcast earlier on organization, and kind of what you just said is, and we, Casey kind of hit on how he's had some troubles in the past with like forgetting stuff, and then we've all done it, but <laughs> it's one of those things to where the whole organization thing is so important because I say just what you just said is you have to create a system yeah. I know I'll put my my camera here, my camera here, You know this here, this fits in this slot, this fits in this slot. I know I have my batteries here and that's kind of what I do before I leave in the morning. I always am going to wear a hat of some kind. Yeah. So if I have my media and I don't want to take it outside in the cold or whatever, I'll put my media in my hat or I'll put something or I'll go put my hat on top of those batteries that are charging because I'm yeah. not leaving without my yeah. hat. Yeah. So if my hat's on top of those batteries, I'll not forget those batteries, yeah. that kind of a thing. but.
1: I need, we, yeah, I need we, to put my hat on top of my camera arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said you filmed
0: a kill on I've, what?
1: I've killed two deer uh, now without a camera arm. Yeah, and you uh, filmed You What one, was your arm? One of them, that I got to the tree. It was late, and I had to mount my camera on an easy hanger that had the ball. Um, oh, what do you call it? It's the ball deal, but it's got the, the yeah. threaded end on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then another one was another. I had the same thing, only I had... I could have went back to the house to get my camera on, but I had deer all over me when I climbed in the tree stand. It was an afternoon hunt, and I killed that deer. I filmed it off of uh, Ozonics mount, the old style, with the screw-in bottom. Yeah, I
0: I think you may be the only person that's done it on Ozonics.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a good person to talk about with the organizational side (laughs) of stuff. But, and it's not, I mean, I'm fairly organized. I have my own system, Mm -hmm. like you said, but I get so excited whenever I'm I'm going in to try to kill a deer that... Once in a while, i just right. get something.
0: Systems do break down. Yeah. They absolutely do. And uh, the, to go back to the other question, do you run the same camera that he does as your main camera? I don't,
2: and I don't want everybody to laugh, but I'm still carrying a dinosaur in case he makes fun of me. But but you get used to something. I'm, I'm so outdated with technology, I'm still actually running a, a Sony FX7 film camera. And he kills me because he has to convert the tape to digital. Yeah, I wouldn't like you either. No. so. Um, <laughs> my next step is it, i will have the exact same camera mm-hmm. casey's using because it's yeah. by far in our opinion the the best most compact lightweight incredible image you I'm, know it i'm just, surprised
1: it, they haven't come out with a new one yet either it, that, that camera everything
2: about it is incredible i think it's three years old that's, now
0: but and that's kind of the next that's a perfect kind of segue mm-hmm. and the next thing is i get asked the question a lot again about 4k man mm-hmm. i need to get a 4k i need to get a mm-hmm. 4k I need to get a 4k okay that's great and most most cameras now have a 4K capability. Some mm-hmm. of them are true 4K. Some of them aren't. Yep. And if, so, if somebody listening that doesn't understand what 4K is, most of your standard images and what you're watching on television is most of the time 720, but in perfect cases, a 1080. So there's 10,080 lines in that image. 1,080. One, whatever. One, yeah. You know what I meant. <laughs> 1,080. Thanks, Casey. But 4K is four, It's essentially twice that much. It's 4,000 lines. Or four times that. But anyway, it's, essentially what that does is it creates so much more information in that image to where I can essentially crop in that image that much tighter. And that is, in self-filming, I see the most advantage in the 4K because... Yeah, because
1: nobody's editing on a 4K timeline. Yeah,
0: and nobody's watching it on a 4K monitor or a TV no. either. But it gives you so much latitude yeah. to where you can be pulled back a little more on your kill yeah. shot. You can focus exactly. on, All right, he's in frame. Yep. I know I'm in 4K in, in, in post. I can push yep. in... Two times, yep. still going to have a, a HD image, and it's going to look incredible. So kind of, and I know that's helped you a lot, because you, you edit that a lot more than even oh, I do. Oh, yeah. So, how, I mean, show what are some more of the advantages to 4K? I mean, it essentially gives you four images I in mean, one. I mean,
1: the biggest thing would be for, for a solo filmer, mm-hmm. you know, when you've got a deer coming in and you know that you've got a range him, you know click your release on there's a lot of things that need to happen before you can actually shoot that deer mm-hmm. but like you said you can zoom out way more than what you would be able to with a regular camera mm-hmm. because like we said we're, we're we're editing on that 1080 or 720 timeline so when you drop that 4K footage down into the sequence you know it's cropped way in and mm-hmm. you have to back it up and but you can play with it you can you can pan it you can I mean you can take a, a just a static image and pan it like it's the best camera on the world.
0: Or the deer doesn't even have to be framed well, yeah. and you can make him be framed well. Exactly. You can manipulate and crop in and, yep. you know, lose things, you know, frame things out, whatever you gotta yep. do. So essentially Tom's making it even harder on himself, having that older <laughs> camera and not have 4K. Hey, it
1: just makes him that much better. I was better. about
0: to say, he makes him that much better.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's an advantage of itself. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the, the last, probably the last two deer I've killed, self uh, filming, I consciously or subconsciously said it out loud after the fact that i hate self-filming and it really it really is so trying on you because of that exact challenge of of getting your gear already you guys know what it takes to get a bow drawn back on a mature buck Mm -hmm. you got to anticipate where the shot is going to be try to get as much pre-roll of the deer walking and approaching you and not get caught not get caught swing the camera over pan back get your uh you know your release connected to your bowstring and and get the shot executed and it's so uh such a stressful moment in time that after the shot your body starts to recover and you're like man that i why am i putting myself through this much punishment because it's it makes things 10 times harder yeah anybody that's ever tried it understands what we're talking about but the times that you're successful with it it's it's, man you just you just got to do it again you know well and and And,
0: that's and that's kind of my thing is I don't feel like I'd want to, I don't know if I want to put myself through that, but all of my filming is I'm filming someone else. And I and that's one thing I coach when I'm talking to you know guys that, that film a lot or trying to get into freelancing is when you're filming, you're not the hunter.
2: Yeah. You're the
0: producer. Yeah. You need to be, you have to have a calm head and a cool head because right. a lot of times your hunter doesn't. Yeah. You have to talk them off a cliff or do like chill out. We're going to get him. You have to coach. You have yeah. to be, hold his hand. You have to do a lot of things. Yeah. When you're self filming, you're, you're everything. Yeah. You've got to be the producer, you've got to be the hunter, you've got to be the sound guy, yeah. you've got to be creative, and then you've also got to keep your head wrapped around,
1: to kill I can't deer.
0: screw this up. Yeah. I might not ever see this deer again, yeah. I might not ever get this opportunity, I've exactly. f- watched this deer for five years, six years, seven years in some of y'all's occasions, mm-hmm. and you get one opportunity and you're trying to film it, Yep. and and I'm sure I'm sure both of you can give me an example of where you've screwed it up because of that. Yeah. For, for me,
1: since i started solo filming it's made me a better hunter
0: oh yeah i can see that
1: um i, I don't really know why it, it's like it slows the game down for me
0: you don't have a choice you um, got to think about everything yeah every little thing you got to think about but
1: I, like when a deer is coming in i used to get so jacked up when that deer would come in and i'm and then i'd rush the shot or do whatever but like you said you got to cons- you got to basically say casey Grab yourself and and take control of your emotions. Woo And yes, very much so. Just woo and it 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 calms me down and makes me put a better yeah, shot. Yeah, I can on I can
0: I, I could see it just as easily working the other way. Yeah. Too. And well, I could can see but, it. Not not necessarily making you a worse hunter, but making you freak yeah. out. Even I think I yeah. would be the opposite. Yeah. I would be. Because I've had the producer mentality more yeah. so than the hunter because I do it more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a behind the camera way more than I'm either yeah. in front of one or filming myself because yeah. I don't do that. And I feel like I would try and make everything on the camera perfect and either scare the deer off mm-hmm. or get everything on the camera perfect and forget everything I'm supposed to do drawing and yeah. shooting. So yeah. I could completely see it happen in both ways. That, and, that, and I think
1: yeah. also for me it's you know, one guy going to the woods. You, you only have to worry about one person's scent. Mm-hmm. Um you're not worried about what what somebody else is doing. You have basically full control of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't like it, you know, say you miss, you know, you don't think you're going to get it on film, you can let him walk. Yeah. And you only have yourself to blame, yep. not somebody else. Oh, I've
0: had that situation to where me being a second person in the camera has hurt a hunt. Oh yeah. And it is and it's helped a hunt. It's worked both ways. Oh yeah. But there's a lot of times it may have hurt that I don't know about, too. Yeah. You know, it could have been that yeah. you know, I don't know, but it's just like that same thing you just said. That second, second set of eyes helps, but that second scent ball up there in the oh, tree yeah. doesn't help. Exactly. You know, that, type, that type of thing.
2: If you don't mind, just real quick on that same subject line, in Casey's situation, he said it makes him a better hunter, and he's not sure exactly why. You guys kind of outlined both scenarios. It could make you better. It could make you worse. For me, you get to a point where it is so important for you to get the, the, the film of the deer that the hunt and the sh- execution of the shot almost becomes automatically autopilot. Exactly. And you're not putting as much emphasis, not emphasis, what's the right word, Most more focus. So Less all, pressure. Right. There's there's less pressure. For example, you can look over and see if he's in the frame, automatically like, great, he's there in the frame. And that just takes a glance. And suddenly the execution of the shot is secondary to the fact that he's standing where you want him. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I know because... Um, I personally, I had I had issues with target panic and yep. punching the trigger when I was younger, and I and I wounded some nice bucks that I never recovered. Um, so you do everything you can to be a better bow hunter, and and you know your best equipment, best technique, practice, practice, practice. But when it comes down to that, it, it's almost secondary to me now at my age. About I want that buck in the in the frame, yep. and um, it
1: slows the game down. It for does me. slow it down. Mm-hmm. Like
2: when I sit there, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. That
1: was boom, 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 and then
0: it gives you something else to think about. Yeah. It takes your mind off of that's exactly there. Right. He is. Exactly. He's under me. Yeah. That versus okay, is he in frame yet? Yeah. Whole right. yes. yeah. oh, crap. Now I gotta kill him. Now I gotta you know, kill him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But uh, how do you how do you uh, Tom when you get when you get in your tree stand? What's your setup look like? And we're talking when I say what's your setup look like? Obviously, we have to go in a perfect world. You've got a good straight tree, not a bunch of knots, no limbs, and you're set up and you're safe. For instance, you're on the field edge or whatever. How do you set your stuff up height-wise? Where do you put your POV?
2: All that good stuff. Good question. Well, first of all, and this is an assumption, um, I I all my stands are on my own personal property are already pre-hung hang-ons. Mm-hmm. And there's two, two stands in every tree. And that may just be for... I mean, really, the only people to hunt with me are my daughters. Um, occasionally, a friend will come out. But so there's a stand. Um, and, and I don't hunt or hang, I should say, the, the camera stand, the way most guys do, I we're primarily bow hunters, so the camera stand is hung at a height that when you are standing in the shooting stand, you can shoot 360 degrees around the tree and get clearance at the upper limb of the bow. So the camera stand is well above, probably five feet above the lower stand, which is probably a sort of a, I guess you would call it a, an unorthodox way to hang it. So. <clears throat> I climb the tree first. If I'm by myself, obviously it doesn't matter. But I, I've got a backpack on the ground that I pull up with a, a tote rope, and then I pull my my bow up. But so I I hang the bag on a hook right next to me. The first thing that comes off is the camera arm, and it gets attached to the tree. The second thing is my big camera, and it's I usually use my waistline as a height to the on the right side of the tree is where my my bracket goes for my my crank my crank down. Uh, uh, ratcheting strap for the main arm uh, once the once that camera's on and attached i turn it on verify the battery live open up the flip out window open up the front lens make sure because i've had deer come running in at that moment and you, yeah. you want to make sure everything's ready um, i do like the dslr just o- over my right shoulder um, and it's just the height i want it high enough that it's not in the way and I, and I tilt it down at an angle so that I, when I flip out the flip screen, I can look up there and hit the button without reaching too high. If that's cumbersome, you're never going to like it. You're going to hate that. Um, and then the last thing is my point of view is right above my head, really pointing straight down to get the hole. And that's just been doing that in the last year since Casey turned me on to the Verbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so they're, and they're so
0: inexpensive, it's kind of, kind of dumb not to have Absolutely yeah.
2: right. Yeah.
0: And they add, and, 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 and when you talk to like, somebody like me and you the edits, Yep. That adds a new element oh to it, and it, and that's a that's what I love to call what I call a safety. Yep. Because if there's something going on or an edit you need to hide or uh, whatever, you go to that angle and you know you got a rock solid something you can go to.
1: You talk about Casey forgetting something. <laughs> Last year the deer that I killed forgot my camera arm was filming off that easy hanger and had the Garmin verb right over my shoulder, like basically down the arrow. Mm-hmm. And when that when I shot that deer, my broadhead was like almost. The deer was straight down there.
0: I remember you sent me that yeah, clip. That was, was the clip you. Said. You wouldn't send me the, the the good angle. You would just send me the <laughs> teaser angle. Yeah. And the the, the fisheye <laughs> lens. And, you're like, and I was like, well, I know you killed a good yeah. one. Can I see the Can I see the other angle yeah. now?
1: But that but that angle saved me on that hunt mm-hmm. because it was inherently harder to oh, run yeah. the camera off of an easy hanger. I had no remote. Mm-hmm. I was just grabbing the camera basically and leaving it zoomed out mm-hmm. in 4K. Mm-hmm. I used zero zoom on that hunt. Oh yeah. None. I kept it at a certain certain i framed it how, how I wanted far away
0: it. was the deer Well i shot him yeah 12 yards oh uh, well yeah that helps too so that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. but
1: i mean I, I filmed him come in from 70 or 80 yards how
0: far how far zoomed out would you feel comfortable pushing in 4k and still feeling like you had a good frame of a the, of the deer you know 20 30 yards yeah oh yeah really yeah i mean the deer so that, that I, gives you so much margin oh my for deer. gosh yeah, yeah that makes your that that's that, that's peace of mind too.
1: Yeah. No the deer that. that I the deer I killed this year I was zoomed out just a, maybe a little too far, but that deer could have walked 20 yards and he'd have still been in the frame. Mm-hmm. That is. It's, a, it's killer. Oh yeah, that's a huge. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's a huge. Yeah, I was watching. I can't remember. It's that the Matthew show that the guys do a lot of the self filming. Uh, dominant bucks is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy self filming with a one of those. Old is an older school. A- Ex3, one of those big Fujinon, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Fujinon uh, doubler lenses. Like this camera weighs no crap, fifteen pounds because I've carried one. Oh yeah, and I'm like, dude.
1: Yeah. More power to that you. That is not fun.
0: No, because I mean what? the the rigs I'm filming with over your shoulder when I'm filming somebody is a huge camera. Oh, yeah. But that thing, I've ran those before. Mm. Back you know, in the, you know, Lee and Tiff used to run those big long lenses and you know all those big Elcons and stuff. And that dude's hauling that in the tree by himself.
2: Have at it. Wow. Good Lord. How many times, though? You know, he's going to look at that one day and go, I ain't taking that today. That's yeah. just, or he's going to look back and yeah. say, What was I thinking? Was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And
0: that's my thing is, What was I thinking? So, when you said a remote, and a lot of guys, because I don't run a remote, mm. everything I run is a cinema camera, and there is no remote. So, you have an optical zoom. So, yeah. what remotes are you running in? Is there a particular one that you like? I or? Can't.
1: For that camera? Sony makes their own remote for that camera, and, okay. it, and it's not like a, oh, like a VZ Rock or mm-hmm. whatever. Those are really yeah. nice. I yeah. used to run one of those. It doesn't have the variable zoom. Mm-hmm. It's like either zooms slow or zooms fast. Yeah. But if, gear, if you know how gear. to edit, you can take a lot of that oh, stuff out. Oh yeah, yeah. So
0: and that's what, another thing I tell people is you want to you want to become a better Videographer, Learn how to
1: edit. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, and, I, and, then, and that's so hard for people to learn because I'll never forget the first time I opened. It was Final Cut 7 at the time, and I saw all those buttons and everything. I'm like, there's no way <laughs> I'll ever learn how to do this. But I'm telling yeah. you, spend some time behind Edit Bay. Just learn how a show goes together. Yep. Find out what the basic building blocks are, and it will help you so much. Yep. It takes a little time but you will learn so much which do you, you run a remote as well
2: I do I use a it's a Sony handle on my on my head and so it plugs right in so I've got the rocker but it's a, it's the same thing it's a slower fast there's no really mm-hmm. intermediate um, oh, well, it does have a it does have a creep but I'm just trying to think of a there's you know basically there's real s- few simple 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 buttons but I, it's a point to make right now that if you're not using one and you're just using a a, a, a stiff handle with no no ability to, there I, I think self-filming would be almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, you're I'm reaching right. up and manually pushing yeah. buttons on the camera and not being able to hold it on your handle, yeah. I think you're going to be in asking for big, big trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of things that you look at in the real world out in in, you know, in your house and say, oh, that wouldn't be a big deal to reach up and do that. In the situation of stress and trying to keep it all together, it's impossible to yeah. do that.
0: Oh, man, I miss I miss having my optical zoom and my, my button for that because oh, yeah. in my cinema camera, there's nothing. It's yeah. not manual. You know, my zoom, my focus, my shutter, my aperture, everything's manual. Yep. And I'm buried in my camera. I wouldn't. There's no way I could. You, you can't self film with a camera. No. I, we, you probably could, but it would be next to impossible. Yeah. You have to have a camera like you guys are running. You have yeah. got to have some sort of variable zoom. You got yeah. to have some, some something that uh, will use that remote. Yeah. But um, kind of, we'll go through this quickly because I think most guys are going to be in a tree stand. What's going to, what maybe is something that you've learned or that may differ in a ground blind? Do you do a whole lot? I know you, I've seen some stuff that you've done a ground blind, I'm not sure about time about the ground blinds. I what's have your, in the past, what's yeah. What's your different, do you do anything different there? Anything special? Something that you've learned on the cell phone inside in the ground
1: blind? Uh, like I do quite a bit of hunting out of a, a redneck hay blind. Okay. And I have, when I set that blind, I've taken like just a wooden post and I'll, well, I'll, the last one I did, I set it with a bucket of a tractor. Just pushed it in the ground, and then your, you know, your camera arm straps to that. That's dirty. Yeah. I've not thought about that. Oh, it's it, it's so much better than a tripod or anything else. Well, you have so much more range of movement. Yeah, I mean, you can move two or three feet. Yeah. Each side of it. But see,
0: now I've never see like I told you before. Yeah. I started this. I listen to podcasts, learn stuff. i will just learn yeah. something. There you go. Because it because if you have time. Pre-season? Why not?
1: Exactly. Nothing
0: else. Get a pair of post hole diggers and a yep. uh, some quickrete, and you've got you a friggin'.
1: You don't even have to have quick quickrete. I mean, we just oh, used, nice. I just used a. It was a I well, probably four or five inch round wooden post. Yeah. yeah. And round just, post.
2: Make sure it's a round post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which absolutely.
1: I, yeah. Which
2: what? which I think a
1: square one would work too on a, on some of those camera yeah, arms. But you
2: can go to the Tractor Supply or yeah. Rural King and get a round treated fence post exactly a farm fence post yeah. for ten bucks and you're set. Yeah, mm-hmm. but
1: sinking in the ground in the front right corner of the blind, and if you're solo filming, you know if you're right-handed, you're gonna be sitting on the in the back left, mm-hmm. and you can just sit there and run it with your right hand with your left hand on the bow. And it's yeah, simple as it can be.
0: Yeah, what what is a what is a piece of gear that you that in your self film world you don't feel like you could live without. Like, if I'm naked, if I'll leave this back. Or it doesn't even have to be essentially in your self film gear. What is a piece of gear that you take to the woods with you when you go that, like a lot of guys, it's like their rangefinder or whatever, but like for me, I am naked climbing into my tree, and you said it earlier, with your pull-up rope. It's not necessarily my pull-up rope, but I have what is called a hunting... Hunt and Hoist, I think it's called.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh And it's
0: a 30-foot retractable pull-up rope. Uh And it has changed my life. Because I'm not ever dealing with a tangled up pull-up rope again. I'm never messing with rolling it up in my pocket and it getting tied into 37 knots. And that is my piece of gear that stays attached to my bag. And I will fight you if you try to take (laughs) it from me. That's my favorite. That's honestly and it's the best $30 I've ever spent. You guys have something that you use that you're like, that's my my thing that I just like that's mine but I didn't know if y'all had well, something that you just I
1: guess I mean mine is going to be a cheap answer number one for me is a, is a safety harness
0: yeah oh yeah well yeah just for I, sure
1: I used to never wear one but now I'm I'm dependent on it oh I've yeah it freaks you, me out if I climb in a stand without it
0: well I almost died in Oklahoma two years ago I had a I had a limb literally yeah. I had top top step on a uh, set of ladders and a lock-on got to the top step and I went to hold it with one hand and leaned back and reached up to grab the base of the stand to pull myself in and that top uh, ratchet strap was dry rotted mm-hmm. and popped and me with probably 40 pounds of gear on my back Oof. went spread eagle 25, 25 feet up did that number and about four and a half feet of falling caught a limb, just hit me right in the armpit and I caught myself and wow. I'm hanging there. Dang. that limb wouldn't have been there I'd have went all over the very ground and we ended up Hunting the rest of that night and, and I was with Chuck Belmore and he'll tell you the story. He's he's still scarred and I'm still scarred. And yeah. I had never had anything relatively close. And I mean, I mean, like us, I mean we're in a deer stand more than most folks. And I'd never had even yeah. scare at that point. And uh and Chuck standing on the tree like he's gonna catch me like a baby. I'm yeah. like, what were you gonna do? You'd have I'd, have killed, him. I'd have killed I'd us both. He said, I didn't know, man. But then we ended up fixing the tree stand he ended up killing a deer that night. Yeah. But it was until that night I always wore you know safety harness, I won't get in them with a safety line now. Yeah. Like I'm connected until I get in there. It's they're twenty bucks, thirty bucks, or you can make them yourself. It's you're yeah. stupid not to have them. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I, I, it's probably going to sound even cheesier because the, I'm going to mirror what Casey said. He and I both have a, a common friend, and he's actually a really good friend of mine that's in a wheelchair now, um, for the exact reason he was climbing a tree and uh, getting a stand ready before season started on an Aug you know an August or September day. Had a couple hours after work, and um, wasn't discovered till the next morning. He mm-hmm. was laying there all night, couldn't do anything about it. No phone. Um, lucky to be alive. But he'll 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 be the first one to tell you he was a stubborn old guy that would never use anything. And he just preaches it to everybody. Won't he happen talks to me.
0: Now. Won't happen to me. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And then I almost, if there wouldn't been a limb there, I'd have, I'd have died. Yeah. You know, I had on a harness, but I didn't. I wasn't on the uh-huh. safety line. You know, I was. I'll get the tree, but most of the time, most of the time, people fall. Getting in and out. It's that's not right. when you're it's, when you're in the tree stand you're usually no, safe. It's the stepping in. It's and the out. stepping in and out. Those dry rotted ratchet straps. You go to some outfitter or somebody's house. has not changed them in five years. Yep. And you get up there and you, know, you put 275 pounds like me on that strap with 40 pounds on my back. It's not made for that, man. No. It's not, and, the, and a lot of guys are lazy and don't change them out every year. It's, it's laziness. Oh percent. Laziness will and catch I'm, up I'm to you eventually. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it just like anybody else. Yeah. Um, so. Tom, if you, had to give a, if you had to give a piece of advice to somebody that's trying to get into self-filming or trying to be better at it, what's something you tell them?
2: Well, I think I s- started this in the same with these same comments that it, it, you have to be light and, and, and organized and ready and happy to take it with you. And comfortable. And, and, yeah. and comfortable. And you've got to be able to do it quick. And uh, I've made the comments and some of our hunts and you set it up you take it down, you set it up, you take it down, you You, you have to be persistent because Mm -hmm. three or four times of that, you can start to get frustrated, you know, I haven't shot a buck yet. I haven't seen a nice buck yet. You're laying down video and footage of different things happening in the woods, but you still haven't had any, any encounters that are worth um, remembering on film. I would say it's probably, you have to be a very dedicated person and have the mindset that you're just tough. You're -hmm. just going to grind it out Mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, and again, once you once you do it so much, it becomes part of your routine It's just as if you were picking up your bow you're taking everything with you mm-hmm. that extra two to three minutes that it takes to set everything up is uh, is soon figured into your plan it's part of your you allow that time for that to happen um, so I I'd probably I would say no matter what equipment you're using or or what camera and how many arms and how many point of views it's got to be you just got to be willing to tough it out and do it all the time consistently and stay with it
1: yep
0: what
1: do you think trust the process trust the process it's a long season mm-hmm. you could kill a deer the first day and you don't have much of a story or you kill him on the 15th day and mm-hmm. if you've been taking the camera every mm-hmm. day and laying it down i've carried a, a camera good. you've I've, got it
0: i've carried a camera to a tree a many a times and not filmed yep. anything get shot at
1: because if you way
0: more times than i have something getting shot at
1: because i mean if you've ever done any editing or been around a camera how much of that video that you're producing in the end is the actual kill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot. No, it's everything else. It's
0: less than probably less than five percent. Yeah, 4%. I mean it's yeah. the kill is Good. important, mm-hmm.
1: but everything else that goes with it
0: is, and that's, very important. That's the that's the struggle I have trying to talk to somebody in that this getting into this is like that that story you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing, and that was that was told to me a long time ago. Is, We're not filming a hunt. We're filming a show that happens to be about hunting. That's just your subject matter. And what does a story have? A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. If you don't have the basic building blocks Mm -hmm. to say who, what, when, where, why, and in our case, whether, the six W's I call them. If you do not tell that, and and it sounds harsh, but generally our viewers are dumb. You have to tell them everything. They can't assume... Yeah. I don't, I don't, I and like,
1: I'm am I'm, I'm guilty of, of yeah. not doing a lot of that. Well,
0: and it's like it's like it's not it's not that they're dumb. It's just like if you don't constantly tell them mm-hmm. where we are, we're in Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, I might assume that I've been hunting for five days, and on the sixth day, they should know I'm in Illinois. They might not. Yeah. At least tell the editor. You well. know, he might can or tell whoever's going to you know produce that content. They need that who, what, when, where, why, and weather mm-hmm. because. We can't assume that somebody knows those things. So I'm like constantly, beginning, middle, end. Who, what, when, where, why, whether. Those are the things that you got to get those pieces. If you get those basic pieces in a great kill shot, yep. you've got a story.
2: Exactly. Yeah. If I can add to what he just said, Casey's Casey's a master at putting the stories together, and in in our in our program, it's not about him or me. It's always about our property and the deer that we're growing on it. Mm-hmm. We just happen to be the the stewards of the land, and being able to be blessed to witness it and watch things happen. But um, you could film three years of a deer, and think all that's just junk footage sitting on a file somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then on the fourth year, you kill that deer, and he puts that together over a timeline. I've I've had the the really probably one of the most blessed opportunities of anybody that I know. And Casey's had a couple situations similar. So we're pretty unique in this where we've had a mature deer that we can recognize from you know one and a half to two and a half, all the way up to five and six years old. And not many people have the luxury to do that or they shoot him before he's ready to be yeah. shot. But for example, the deer we were talking about earlier, the vocalizations with White Sox, he never was killed. But we had 15 encounters with him over a five year period. Mm-hmm. And all that made a, an incredible we year after year after yeah. yeah. story. we got that forever.
1: And we told yeah. Yeah. we did several shows on that deer. and never killed him. Never killed. But him. But how many times have we been at a show and somebody said something about white socks? Yeah, mm. just because it was a memorable yeah. deal the way we put it together. Right. And
2: I get asked to, ask to the state, did you guys ever kill him? Yeah. And it was probably a fitting end because he just disappeared off in the you know wild mm-hmm. blue horizon, never to mm-hmm. be seen again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a deer. I look back at it as really a blessing in my life because how many times can you see the same buck year after year after year yeah. after year like that and he's just there he's just there and um it was a family thing for with me i wasn't i wasn't going to kill him because my oldest daughter passed him as a two-year-old and from that day she looked back at me over my shoulder over her shoulder and i'm filming her and he's standing there and steam's coming out of his nose after chasing a doe and she looks up and shakes her head like i'm not going to shoot him dad and i was like you know i gave her the thumbs up that was her first decision as really as a managing deer hunter to let a two-year-old walk and she was a young girl well you know teenage girl so i look at it from that point on that was my daughter's deer you know morgan's deer and even lauren my youngest she had multiple encounters with this deer too there was a point in time where he was standing right under her looking up and here he is a big giant four-year-old and she, she could have shot him 10 ways from Sunday, but she passed him, because it was Morgan's deer. So it built this huge story, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it was more just, it was a family story as well as a hunting story with a deer. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some good times about that. I think it brought, it really brought up my daughters and cemented them as a, as really serious deer managing, mm-hmm. deer hunters. Yeah. Um, so I, it was a really fortunate time in my life to have that experience with that deer. Never that's, killed
0: him. Yeah, that's, but, and but like what we said, I said a few seconds ago, it's like, and now you have that to look back on. forever oh, yeah. forever. That's yeah. there in infamy. And you yeah. can go back and you can revisit it as many times as you want. Yeah. But like you said, if you if you got lazy and not took that camera one time. Oh yeah. There's a part of that story that you'll never that can never be told the same way again. Absolutely. But to kind of wrap this on a little bow, just one final question. Other than, you know, like obviously the work that you do, what's what are some things that you watch or? some things that you watch to get inspiration, or what's some what's some of the outdoor media that you find interesting and kind of why?
2: You go or me? You go, Tom. <laughs> well, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but um, I've been a, a whitetail properties land specialist in, in, in Indiana now for three years. Um, before that, I was a, a landscape tr- contractor for 25 years. I went to Purdue with a background in landscape architecture and wildlife management. So, um, i've always been a land fanatic and enjoyed working ground and doing i did food plots back when it wasn't you know wasn't really a thing to do yet and enjoyed every bit of that so it was just a natural fit for me to want to be part of the management advantage team so i I really respect and enjoy anything that's land related Mm -hmm. um i i don't really care so much for the cowboys that go out and shoot a deer and have you know just nothing against it because there's plenty of people that enjoy watching it but I like there to be a connection to yeah. um, stewardship of the land and producing and growing nice deer and harvesting and and managing your deer herd properly. I love I love all that stuff. So
0: the, the process again.
2: I love the process. Yep. The, yeah. There are some people that I really respect in the industry um, that also that that I could go and mention names, but there's some people that are known for owning farms and growing big deer and being successful deer hunters every year. I think that's the that's the epitome to me. That's the pinnacle. If you can do that, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's
0: a... Oh, that's the goal of it. I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to own my own farm and grow a big deer one day. Absolutely. One of these days, that's the goal, you know? For sure.
1: I like watching anybody that is a master of their craft. Mm-hmm. And People ask me all the time, you know, how did you get into filming or how did you learn how to do it and whatever. I, I learn by watching people. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree in wildlife biology. I don't have a degree in running a camera. I don't have a de- you know, I learned how to trap coyotes by watching somebody. Learn how to run a camera by watching somebody. Mm-hmm. But
0: so, and I like—I like to not only watch somebody. I like to try and surround myself with people that exactly. are better than you are. If you're the smartest guy in the room, yep. you're in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, just be a master of your craft. Mm-hmm. Whatever you—whatever you decide to do, be good at it.
2: And when we watch things that are well done. If you but if you've been there trying to do that, mm-hmm. you could recognize and really you, well done that, stuff.
0: And you understand how hard that is. That's
2: right. Yeah, you,
0: know, you understand how hard that is. How hard it is, and how much time it takes. That's why people ask me how long a show takes, and you tell them that most of the time there's like there's like on an elk hunt or a really good deer hunt, you know, there's three weeks dedicated to that twenty two minutes of content. Oh yeah, there are like, three
1: weeks. Oh God, yeah, that's... the deer hunting shows that we do; those are the hardest ones for me. Oh, to heck, produce, yeah. Because it might take me a month yeah. to do it.
0: And then yeah, you we're,
1: know. we're doing a management show, say in August, where we're doing food plots and habitat work. Yeah, I can film that in a couple of days and boom, have it knocked out, yeah. edited, done deal.
0: Yeah, and then you somebody, but. then they hand you that the, the like, a deer like a, a white sock or something where you've got five years of footage. Oh yeah. Now you've got to tell a story in a concise yep. way that's entertaining. Yep. That's a huge challenge. That unless you're an editor, you don't under, You can't fathom how big of a challenge that is because. Mm-hmm. That gets in my head, yep. trying to tell a good story and to make sure I don't leave parts out because there's no way you can put everything in. No, there's no way. No way. There's be- a lot of stuff that hits the cutting room floor that exactly. we'd love to play, and love to show. You want to? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean. But we've trained ourselves to yep. zone out after a certain amount of time. <laughs> That's our own fault. Which cartoons have done that to us? So I tell that a lot of people. The reason that shows are so fast now and things are so fast is all you got to do is watch cartoons. Like I got two little ones. <laughs> Just watch cartoons and watch the wall. How fast that thing's flashing. And they know unless they keep that thing moving, yeah. that kid ain't watching it. You know, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we've done it to ourselves. We've we've conditioned ourselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but guys, absolutely appreciate it. Thank you guys. If you uh, have any more questions for these two, um, I will try and get it to them or answer them or all that good stuff. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm going to try that. Uh, the post oh, cool. in the in the blind. There you go. That opportunity. I'm going to try that. Which I want to try out that new Primo's blind that doesn't have any blind spots. That was cool. Pretty Yeah, some I, did, pretty I, did, cool, I did check that out of today. Pretty cool stuff in the, at the ATA show. A lot of cool new products and stuff, too. But the like, best part of it is it's a family reunion. I always get to run into good buddies and mm-hmm. make new friends and uh, talk some hunting, management, and some filming. So, guys, appreciate it again. Thank you all so much. Yep, Very no problem. problem.
1: Tonight, tonight. <laughs>